hello, hello, hello to all three of you. Um, welcome to this next episode of 49. Plus, as I reverse the car out of parking space to head home. So it's a 35-minute drive home, there or thereabouts, depending on traffic. Um, and it's the final day of November 2020, or should I say, Movember. So at the time of recording, I still have the rather now bushy, scruffy, broadly unpleasant moustache. And I shall be looking to shave this off first thing tomorrow morning. Um, I I may for a few moments pretend that I shall be keeping it for longer. But I don't think I'll get much fun of that. You know, it's the only person I can really sort of do that with is, is Rachel and she knows I'll shave it. And she's already donated very generously. So can't sort of say, oh, I'll only shave it off if you donate some money to it. Because she's already has done. Um, so maybe this evening a little bit more final pushing for sharing a photograph or two on Instagram. That kind of thing. So we're currently about, I think, £1,403 is what's been um, raised across the team, which is very good, very good, very impressive, well done team. Um, that has been good, and uh, it's been fun doing it. So that was, yes, that's part of it, obviously, the, the moustaches, moustache, moustache, can't even say it, moustaches, that's the visible disability, as it were, Um now, the two other things that I was, um, what was the word, promising, no campaigning, challenging myself. Uh, so one was the not drinking for the month of November. Now, listening back to the previous episode, Oh Christmas Tree, Oh Christmas Tree, um, you'll discover there that in the act of putting up and decorating the Christmas tree and putting up some additional Christmas lights outside... The little mini tradition in our house, such as it is, would be nice to have, oh, we'd have a bit of Christmas music on and have some mulled wine. Well, Christmas music didn't quite make it on, but the Undernada, we thought, you know what, let's have some mulled wine. What the heck? We didn't quite make it all the way to the end of November. Who cares? We get to still have our mulled wine, and it was very, very enjoyable. Uh, We could have opened another bottle, but we didn't. We had a couple of glasses each. That was very nice. Um, so we won't, we won't have any wine on tonight, so this evening will be our final night of November, and that'll be done with very well, I think. Okay, we didn't quite make it to the full month, but still, it's not as if we gave in to just having a normal bottle of wine, it was a glass of mulled wine. So we will go without this evening, uh, and then we are at liberty to have something tomorrow evening, the 1st of December. Now, I don't know if Rachel was actually talking about trying to go as far as either to the end of lockdown, which would only be that next day, or she may have even be going to the next weekend, which is possible. At least from now on, we're not as if I fancy a beer or going up. We can't say, oh, we can't. I think we've done very well with that. Then the third thing I had committed to do, that was it, the word is committed, was to see if I could move 60 kilometres in the space of the month. Now, rather than just walking, that would be quite straightforward to do, because even just walking around doing various things, easily do a couple of kilometres a day. Um, 
any of us would do that. That's well, a few thousand steps, I don't know. But uh, so I had committed to r initially run 60 kilometres over the course of the month. That would have been on average two kilometres a day. Now, those of you who've listened up until this point or choose to listen back to any of these fantastic podcasts uh, will know that I got so far with that. <laughs> I think it's about 19 kilometres in, which is about two two weeks in, actually, or a week and a half in, maybe. Um, and I had to stop the running or at least pause on it at that point. I've not restarted it because I'd had a, a, an injury to my toe. And I don't remember if I actually revealed the cause of the injury. I may have alluded to it. It has to be said that the injury to the toe was actually caused by a, a Zumba class I was doing at home. Yes, true story. Uh, and this was actually before November, the end of October, as part of Black History Month at the university. They had a variety of of talks and events and one of the final things was a Zumba class um, being led by one of our colleagues at the university so he's obviously very into it and he was doing it from one of the studios and studios at the university in the gym I think it was actually um, but then we could log on from home on a Friday afternoon and take part and I've never done Zumba before so I was quite curious obviously at the start of you know trying to get back doing more exercise and uh, hadn't yet done the running, but okay, did that. And the problem was, by doing it at home, I didn't have any shoes on. I did it in either bare feet or possibly even as wearing socks. Can't remember. Um, and on one of the fairly early moves, they're basically like dance moves, a bloody knackery, you're doing it for an hour. Uh, but about 20 minutes in, I went over on my left little toe and it kind of, well, it just hurt. It actually hurt quite a lot at the time, but I kind of, oh, it's like twisted it or stubbed it or something. But I carried on. Like the trooper that I am, I realised it, it was hurting a bit and it hurt the next day. And then when I started the running on the Sunday, the first, it was hurt. It was always hurting a bit, but I don't think I'd realised I'd done some damage to it. Um, and eventually, about a week and a half later, I, I think on the suggestion of Rachel eventually said, I'll maybe just go, go to A&E and have a look just to get it looked at. Because I was saying it was starting to be bru or bruised. It was hurting quite a lot. I couldn't really walk on it. So I went to A&E and I did get, I always gone to the minor injuries clinic, but that was closed due to COVID. And it was, go to A&E and uh, did an x-ray and was just told, well, no, I hadn't broken anything. But the advice was lay off it for a couple of weeks. And I was thinking, well, I couldn't really do that, could I? I couldn't just, I mean, just started doing a bit of exercise uh, and obviously had been running on it for the best part of two weeks, even though I'd done the damage, so I wasn't doing it any, any favours. So rather than continue the running, I actually rested it for a few days, slowly realising I was losing, losing important days in terms of trying to do two kilometres a day. But what it led me to do is to acquire a bicycle. And I realise, if you have listened to some of the other episodes, this, this will be mentioned in places. Um, but I'm doing a recap. So there, bear with me. Um, and I acquired a bicycle for free on loan from the Students' Union. Which I, and this said bicycle is in the back of the car. So I then, after a few days of resting completely, I thought I started doing a bit of cycling and enjoyed it. Brought back memories of being a student when you know I was 
I would cycle regularly to and from the Polytechnic in and out of Liverpool to the outskirts where I'd live. So particularly the second and third year of being a student, I would be on my bike quite a lot. The reason it stopped then is uh, one bike got nicked, got another bike, that bike got nicked. Um, and hadn't really done much cycling at all since then, once or twice when Freya was much younger. But I haven't been on a bike for something like 10 years. And uh, so that was nice. It's been good. It's just mountain bike. It's been going in the, around locally, doing a few kilometres each day. And I got to today, the final, and the original aim, of course, was to do the running, to do the 60 kilometres within six hours. Now, I have been timing myself, both in terms of the running and in terms of the cycling. Now, at the time of when I had to stop the running, I know I was way behind the schedule. I, was, I wasn't averaging what would hopefully be six minute kilometers. Does that sound right? To do 10 kilometers in an hour? Yeah. Uh, I think that was averaging seven, eight, nine, nine minutes a kilometer, something like that. So believing I would pick up the rate towards the end of the month. Well, the only way that was picked up by switching to a bicycle. And I'm still not necessarily convinced I've done it in less than six hours. I hope I have. This evening, I will sit down do the calculation and see how long it took me. I, I'm hopeful that it will be less than six hours. If it wasn't, so be it. Um, but I did do 60 kilometers. I had it left until today, the final day. I said about six kilometers to do. That's partly because I had done a few kilometers yesterday. I wanna keep saying miles, but it is kilometers each time. Uh, a few K yesterday. Um, but it didn't, it didn't record properly on the app, so we had one recorded. So I knew I had about 6K left to do today, to be sure. And I did 6.93 kilometres, so effectively 7K today. So I know I've done 60 kilometres in total, so I'm pleased with that, compared to where I was at the start of the month. It's because without that, yes, I may have walked that distance over the month, but I been doing dog walks and the bits and pieces. But by doing that, it means I've actually ran nearly 20 kilometers and then cycled 40 kilometers that I wouldn't have otherwise done. So that's good exercise for me. I am pleased with myself. So on all fronts, moustache grown, some money raised, kilometers ran and cycled, and the booze, we pretty much made it. We had a little glass of mulled wine just so we could celebrate the setting up of the Christmas tree. So there. So that's where I'm at. The end of November. We're about to move into December and the final day of lockdown tomorrow. Um, so the other thing then to report on the last few days, um, I think on one of these recently, I did make a mention of um, Instagram and LinkedIn are the two other bits of social media I'm starting to engage with. LinkedIn has the largest following with about 1,600 people now I'm connected with on there. And on both of them, I've put a few little go luck yourself clips and linked to the stuff I did a few years ago. Um, because I do still think there's something in that, there's something worth exploring. So I'm sharing it again. And the context this time is the final five days of lockdown two is it an opportunity to re-explore? Well, I think the idea was, you know, let's turn this lockdown into a lockdown. What can we do to influence our luck, in inverted commas? So there's five different parts of it. The final part I'll post tomorrow. 
Well, I say that, there's actually a total of six parts. The final part will be tomorrow. Then the final, final one will be on the first day of, of the new post-lockdown. It'll be so different. At least we're in Tier 2 where we are. A lot of places in Tier 3 where things are not that dissimilar. Although I'm guessing there's more shops that are open. It's different from lockdown. Um, is a sort of final summary and pulling it all together and looking ahead. Um, this is the final part I can post on there. Yeah, and kind of engage with people just to find out. Because what I'm keen to do, this is what I'm now putting out there, is what I've been keen to do for a while. So these these recorded sessions I did possibly an hour, was six years ago. I think it was late 2014 where we ran a little research project and I offer these little sessions that we recorded so people could attend in person and we had about six or seven people could turn up regularly in on campus at the university another so many people doing things online and then we had people filling in questionnaires again didn't get that much data from it but I'm just convinced there is something to this whether or not we can measure something using questionnaires and measurement scales in time I will do more of that um, but I just genuinely believe that if people engage these ideas and explore them and meet them head-on and give them a shot we will we actually change our experiences on the day-to-day -day experiences of luck to, for want of a better term our everyday engagement with the world changes if we embrace the fact that much of what happens to us is down to what I would just call luck and that could be chance it could be broadly randomness chaotic elements things over which we appear to have little or no control stuff that we will typically attribute to luck um, and then if we can adopt what I'm calling a good luck mindset and that's being grateful of the stuff that happens to us expressing gratitude and being optimistic that's about expecting good things to happen as much as possible those things combined to me form the basis of a good luck mindset and there's other research on mindset that suggests that you know we have a growth mindset we can learn from our mistakes you know there's something about how we our attitude how we think about things how we relate to them will have an impact on how you know how we make sense of them how we react to other things and so on so that to me is a core part of it I then talk about ways in which we might be able to then actively influence those events that we might describe as being lucky. So we can we can notice opportunities, spot them in our environment, see something as being an, um, an opportunity, and then act upon it. Um, and again, this may be something that's fortuitous. It may be something we could actually bring about ourselves. So the sort of next part of that is, well, what can we do to actually create the possibility of opportunities? We can act in certain ways. We can do certain things. And some of it is doing things a little bit differently, going out of our way to maybe take a different route home. Now, having said that, I'm driving the same way home. I would nearly always drive, maybe on this occasion, I will just do something a little bit differently, I'll take a slightly different route. And, and, the, and the, the, a brilliant example of that actually then going, oh, and look at how it's impact on luck, is you drive a different way home, you walk a different way home, you see something, you meet somebody that you wouldn't otherwise see, and something for, something good comes from that. Now, it wouldn't be great to do on this drive home now if I take a slightly different route. I'm still going to go down this bit of the motorway, I've got to come off this next bit anyway. So I don't have to, I could go further, but that feels a little bit 
going a longer way out but there's several choices I can make to kind of go home and I'm going to go away again if I don't fall into automatic pilot which I typically do I'll see if I can turn left at this I'll turn left at this roundabout coming off here then it's the next one I'll turn left at and I'll be going a different way home than I would normally do but the idea is if I can do that on a regular or semi-regular basis you're more likely to be then engaging in a way of interacting with your world which isn't just pure habit isn't on autopilot you're actually engaging with it you're actually going to be a bit more mindful noticing stuff a bit more and these are all little things that psychologically he says not missing the gear and losing the gear so hearing a rev we can do to actually influence our interaction with the world around us and therefore perhaps influence our luck so that was part three part four i posted today which is i call go with the flow because i do believe this idea of going with the flow is important so realizing that there are third decisions to make going with the easiest route is probably the best well i think it's always the best choice i think sometimes we feel we need to struggle and make things complicated for ourselves and if we can recognize when we're doing that and let go of it i think that's a massive factor in what we might describe as being luck um and then the final one which i'll post tomorrow is i'm never sure how to pronounce it and i'm not even sure if it's real latin again maybe my assistant will be able to check on this but the final one is called stercus acidit s-t-e-r-c-u-s and a-c-c-i-d-i-t maybe accident to me it sounds like it should be accident but then i read somewhere it would probably be acidit um if, if it is indeed genuine Latin, which it probably isn't. So I'm not going to tell you right now what that stands for, what it means. I'm sure my assistant perhaps will go and check on that. But I know what it means. Um, maybe the assistant will check on whether or not there's any evidence if it is real Latin or not. And um, I now realise also there is um, uh, there's a need for a part two ep of episode on, or part two episode called something or other something or other part two where i'll need to pick up i think a few oh no oh no look it's interesting i'm going round and round about this is strange something very unusual now i went back into automatic pilot to go around a certain way around the roundabout and i caught myself just after i turned left so i couldn't i went all around the roundabout and now i'm following where i wouldn't have normally come so if i'd followed the usual habit i'd have just continued that roundabout and i'd have a different road behind a different car doing something differently and probably saying something different as well because I wouldn't be commenting on the fact that I had just gone round the roundabout and is now following what looks to be I thought it was a taxi it may or may not be so I'm going now along and down a different road which I have been down before but I would rarely go this way um, it takes us past another site I've said before about you know there's lots of HS2 HS2 um, building and civil engineering works going on this road also takes us past a particular site where for a long while there's been um, somebody campaigning there. I'm not sure it's still the case. Maybe we drive past and we'll see. Not so obvious because it's now quite dark outside with it being the end of November. And whilst it's only 20 to 6 of the evening, it is dark. Anyway, so what was I saying before I remember that? Yes, that... Um, what was I saying before I suddenly realised I was going to go that way? Go look yourself. Yes, the Latin, Latin Stercus Acidit. That'll be the final part posted tomorrow. Um, or the fifth part, because there is a final bit. Yes, yeah, so my aim has always been to do something more with this. 
Uh, and the reason being, I, th I think, at the very least, there's some kind of book out of this. So there's, here's the going through now, or the. Well, actually, yeah, that's a bit of HS2. There's a huge bit here around here. I think in a second we'll go past to see if there's still, if this person's still campaigning. No, for a long while. Oh, buggery, buggery, bugger. Oh, lots of traffic. Okay, this is one of the reasons why I might not normally come this way because it seems to be a big traffic jam here. Right amongst the, the HS2, which is sprawling. I mean, it really is a very big area. Okay, it may be traffic lights, so good moving. Um, yeah, the aim with the go lucky self thing is is to produce something. <laughs> Can't be a bit more vague than that. At the very least, some kind of book that brings all these things together. And I'm thinking of those kinds of mindfulness type type journals that you see there's one recently i saw shared on instagram actually or um where journals you know little things you could scribble and they get your kind of creative juices flowing and reflecting on things something like that that will get you sort of thinking in a different way i also think in this day and age something that resembles an app would be quite fun because it would have those same elements which you can complete in an app type format but they'd have extra little things, a little prompt, maybe a little prompt to um, being grateful. You know, what can you be grateful for right now? Like at the moment, I'm feeling a bit, oh, flipping it. I'm stuck in traffic. Uh, and I wouldn't normally be in this traffic if I had, <laughs> if I had just gone my normal way. This would be traffic, but I tend to go the way where there's usually the least amount of traffic. It's kind of, it usually is quite flowing. Um so what can I be grateful for right now? Well, I'll be grateful for the fact I'm in a lovely, a nice newish car. It was new when we bought it. I can't see any miles on the clock, but it's warm. I can just now cl click up the heater. So it's a nice, it's a nice car that has its heater. Um, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the fact that when I get home, I think there may well be a meal either ready for me to eat or soon after. So I'm actually right. I'm, you know, again, so Rachel would have been, and also because the day being the day, <laughs> Rachel's always very keen to have things set up for the girls for the first of December. So which effectively starts with them having a an advent calendar each, which of course these days isn't just an advent calendar where you open a door and you see a nice picture of a candle or a bit of holly, which in my day was what an advent calendar was. And it's not even one now where you open, there's a little bit of chocolate there. There may be one of those in the house somewhere. Ziggy has one like that, where he has some doggy chocolate. Um, no, the one for the girls now will be, they'll have some, I think Connie's one is a Smiggle one. She'll have some toys in there. Freya's maybe a makeup one. And Rachel may well have bought herself one, where in the past she's had one bought for her by Scott or through work. And it's like a, a Joe Malone one or a... What else has there been? A white company one? So really nice ones that have candles and other nice things in them. So, um, But they're not cheap. They're not cheap. And in fact, if I remember, yeah, of course, and I don't normally have an advent calendar, but now I can finally be properly grateful for the one I did get last year. So this, on the 1st of December last year, I did have my very own advent calendar that wasn't an advent calendar. I said, it was an advent sack. So Rachel, in her amazingness, with the girls, and I think she said that the girls were quite keen to do it, had bought basically 24 
or even 25, 24. Um, little presents, there's a be little uh, lucky dip, kind of all individually wrapped in a sack. So each day I could take one out and that would be my advent calendar, which was brilliant of them. And, and it's only now I'm, well, I was grateful at the time, but at the time, in December last year, I wasn't at my best. It was just ahead of, of about to be taking off some sick leave and work. I didn't know that was about to happen. I was still coping, but I was I was in ang- high high anxiety mode. So actually, being told I had you know I had this been been bought and given this um, advent calendar thing, which had obviously so much effort and cost had gone into. I was thinking, oh my god, I feel it was too overwhelming for me. I couldn't really properly appreciate it. And I had to really quite struggle to just fully accept it. There we go, past a nice, nicely decorated house that's been fully done. A nicely over-the-top one. We're not at that stage, but we are. I'm grateful that when I get back to the house, there will be Christmas lights up outside. But again, if down to me, whilst I did put them up, I wouldn't have bought them. I was the only one, but they look nice. I'm grateful we'll have a great big <laughs> inflatable penguin. But if it hadn't been for Connie, um, we wouldn't have. And, you know, you see, they're good. They help us celebrate. Because this is the year, I think, when it absolutely we're all feeling very, well, not say all, not all of us, but many of us are feeling quite happy to, to allow Christmas in early, at least the decorations and the lights. Because it's been a bit of a shit year, hasn't it? Whichever way you look at it. Um, and I'm just remembering, I did a, one of these kind of workshop facilitation session things this afternoon oh my goodness me there was a real one over there a real going to town crap i mean i've always felt with those ones sorry that's a house where it's been absolutely over the top everything is blue red white lights and whilst i can't imagine having that on my house there is something very appealing about seeing them as you drive past and i'm thinking now i can't i'm just gonna think i wonder if today I don't think I've got time today to go to this particular house or houses where they really are over the top. Um, there'll be another podcast in which we'll do that um, and maybe even film it for Connie's YouTube channel, uh, CCTV, um, because there's one there where it is mentally so. But this one, yeah, but the ones you go past, I quite like going past. And even back in the day when I would have been a, a kid stroke teenager in Macclesfield, Walking around the, the various housing estates, seeing if you know, seeing the there's no one down there, looking out for the houses which are particularly over the top. They you know they would they would punctuate the walk home, and these punctuate the drive home now. So I mean, more traffic is more traffic lights, but I'm great. It's like let me be grateful for looking at people's Christmas lights. There's some nice ones there. They're the ones. They're the ones that sort of glow. They're sort of glowing. They're the kind of warmy, yellowy ones. See, our ones at home are the warmy, yellow. And I think they might glow actually. They might have a they might have a setting on that. We could do the glowing. And they're nice, aren't they? They're tasteful. Uh, but it's the ones that aren't tasteful that are particularly appealing if you don't live next door to them or live in that house. But I've always felt, well, they must cost hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Is that me just being grumpy and grinchy? I don't. I just, well. I'm not Grinchy. I enjoy Christmas. I like Christmas. I look forward to it. And I'm particularly looking forward to it this year because last year, whilst I did enjoy it, again, I wasn't relaxed. I, uh, high anxiety. Um, to this year, particularly in gre- uh, 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 particularly looking forward to it and it's going to be fun. I'm yabbering away. Um, 
so I'm, I'm hopeful that something may happen on this journey home. Oh, that's an interesting bit of luck, isn't it? But, you know, but maybe I've been nudged into being grateful by, but maybe I would have spoken about the good luck mindset anyway. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that that we, we will be able to produce, I'm, I'm just going to say an app because that's what I imagine would be the thing. And I do know people in my wider network that would be able to do such a thing. I need to find ways of connecting and engaging with them. Because what I value is talking about this stuff, engaging with people. We play around with it, hence sharing it on LinkedIn. But I'm not getting a lot of feedback. I never get much feedback on this. I'd love for people to just tell me a bit more about, you know, oh, I tried this and that helped, and this didn't help, and I tried, and here's an idea. So I even set up a little WhatsApp group with some people on it, which has got a little bit of action going, but not so much. See, if I... Interestingly, the the, the um, uh, I am you know, I think I've said somewhere I'm recording this on on not my usual phone, so I still haven't got that that sorted yet. That needs to get fixed. But it does mean I, at the moment I'm not yet back on WhatsApp on these groups that I would normally be on, and the two ones I would be on at the moment that I'm most engaged with. One is a little Movember one of our team positively psyched and you know engaging with them on that and nudging them along and sharing pictures and so on and you know pep talks just messing about really a bit of banter um well also on the go look yourself one has been a bit of banter you know getting people sort of in a certain frame of mind which i think helps with then getting into this idea of ways in which we can impact our lung that's why to me it's essential positive psychology is about getting yourself into a mindset which includes gratitude and um, being flexible and prioritising things that you enjoy doing and important to you that to me is all key within positive psychology and it has an impact on things that I would describe as luck more of this will be explored in different times um, don't know where it's going with all that but um, yeah, WhatsApp. So that was the nice thing about that. It was just sharing ideas on there and getting people to sort of reflect back. But I haven't had a chance to do that last few days. So even my posting these things onto um, LinkedIn and and what and uh, what's it on Instagram, I've not been able to put them onto WhatsApp. If I can find a way back onto that, I will do. Because again, I just want people to engage with it. Because I do think there's something to it, and I'd love you know love it to people who say, oh, that worked for me, or that doesn't work, or you got it wrong there, mate, or nice idea, but. Um, I just think there's something to it. There really is. And if you are anybody listening to this that isn't in my immediate environment, as in Dad or Rachel or Dan, probably the three people might listen to it, or even Mum now, I think she's listening to it because Dad's listening to it, probably. Um, but yeah, the book that, you know, the, a book that started all this off would have been The Luck Factor, written by a certain professor. Rich. There's now the third set of traffic lights along this way. This is why I wouldn't normally come this way, you see. It's just not... It's not a it's not a flowful way to come. It's not my preferred route. So yes, I recognise if you do things differently, maybe that helps me appreciate the other route better. Maybe that's the reason for coming. You can always find a reason for stuff. Again, that's part of the psychology of this stuff. You can find a, even if things aren't going particularly well, you can find the you know why why it's beneficial. And that relates to this Sturcus Akidit, which we'll talk more about. Or at least it's on the. So on the blog, another thing you can always find out about this stuff is go to my blog. From it's it's not had anything on there for a while, but drmatthewsmith.com, dr matthew with two t's smith one t dot com. 
have a look on luck on there and you'll see the go luck yourself sessions and you'll see there's an article there that one of the first places i write about luck is um is in relation to the book called the luck factor which is by richard and it is a it's a book that emerged out of the research that Pete, that, that peter that richard was doing with myself and peter harris who was the other person working on that project but richard really kind of was the person behind it he then took it further did more work and pulled together this book which was ostensibly the culmination of 10 years work on luck because it was 1993 a mere 27 years ago that we started that project and the year after i then started my phd on that project with richard um that kind of came to end 97 early 98 does my i submitted my phd in 98 22 years ago and then i left it i kind of left it behind thinking yeah that the luck stuff was really richard's and he went on did more more bits and pieces wrote the book became the luck expert and when it eventually came out i thought yeah it's interesting but you've got to be a little bit you know a bit cautious interpreting some of what was being claimed for example the work that we were doing and I think then Rich went on to sort of do a bit more of, was about looking at the relationship between perceived luckiness. So in all cases, whenever he or I were describing so-called lucky people, and un- lucky and unlucky people, um, these were people who perceived themselves to be lucky or unlucky, which I make very clear in the PhD. I, I really kind of go through that in some, you know, I'm really... I can never really let go of that. Whereas in the book, it kind of it kind of plays that down. It says, here's what lucky people are like. Here's what unlucky people are like. So given that lucky people do this, this and this, and I say by lucky is people who describe themselves as lucky, um, then maybe we can all do more of these things, the kind of four factors that he points out, four principles, and therefore we would be luckier. And I go, well, that's not really the case. These are all... I would say correlates of perceived luckiness. It's not a given that if you do these things, you'll therefore experience better luck. So I'm a bit cautious. That said, I think in the years that have followed, I've become, well, maybe there is something to that. Whilst our data may not have been as strong as being claimed, um, there may well be something to it. And therefore thinking, well, maybe it's just scrape the surface. Hence the Go Luck Yourself project. I was initially keen to call it Luck School because that's what Richard talks about in this in his second edition of the book. If you ever go looking for these books, a book called The Luck Factor, in the UK, there's probably various covers, but in the UK at the time there was two different covers. One was a blue one, one was a red one, and I just thought they were just two different versions of the same book. I then discovered, after several looking through, that there was a chapter or two that was in the red-covered book that wasn't in the original book, and one of those chapters was about luck school, taking some of these ideas, allowing a few people to play with them for a month or so, seeing how they got on with it and feeding back and seeing if their, in quotes, luck changed. Um, and the kind of reporting back was, yeah, they said it did. It had an impact. It wasn't really an empirical study as such. The data weren't analysed. Hence, our project, the Go Look Yourself project, was an attempt to build upon that. And my first drafting of the ethics proposal, I did have it in as luck school. And it was actually Richard, I just ran it past him. I was very keen to get his approval, as it were, his kind of blessing. And he said, well, luck school is still something that, you know, it's in the book. I'm not sure if the publisher will be okay with that. 
he himself would do his own talks. He'll talk about luck school. So encouraged me to think of you know, doing something different. So that led me to, to call it something else. And it was Scott, certain Scott Cornwall. I'll call him Scott, for that's his name, had said to me, I'm not sure why you should write a book called Go Luck Yourself, or For Luck's Sake, or Luck Off, etc., etc. And it was Go Luck Yourself that stuck. So that's the still sticking. So that was now probably seven or eight years ago. Uh, the project was six years ago. All around that time was about writing a book, and it ne- it's never happened. Or it's not happened yet. I've started drafting bits of it even. There's bits of it in draft form. I wish I wish to continue with this and have that as an intention over this next year. Now, I'm also, almost at the house. I'm gonna just gonna sign off in a minute. Um, nothing else. I, I I don't think I experienced anything else lucky there, did I? Other than what I was speaking about, I don't think anything happened. They went, oh look at that, that's an interesting piece of luck. No, I think I went back into pretty much automatic pilot mode. Um, anyway, back home, two minutes to six, and with that, I shall say thank you very much for listening. Um, I'll see you, or I'll hear you, or you'll hear me on the next episode. And with that, I'm hoping once I part, well, I'll pull up. The, I'll, pull up I'll pull up outside the house first, turn into the road, let these people cross, um, and then once I've stopped the car, I can look down to the, the phone and stop the recording. And actually, as I get in, I'm meant to be joining a laughter webinar, a laughter webinar online which hopefully I can just do even with eating dinner and so on, just so I can show my support. Two of our former students set up something called Laughter Lab, which also interestingly relates to, there's the penguin, there's the lights. Laughter Lab, yes, Richard did his own thing called Laugh Lab, something quite different. Anyway, pulling up now, looking for the phone and saying thank you very much. Goodbye and God bless. That's been quite a nice long episode, that hasn't it? Bye for now. Bye.